This country was built on a distinctly American work ethic. But today, work is in trouble. We've outsourced most of our manufacturing to other countries. And with that, we sent away good jobs and diminished our capability to make things. American Giant is a clothing company that's pushing back against this tide. They make a variety of high-quality clothing and activewear, like sweatshirts, jeans, dresses, jackets, and so much more. All made right here in the USA, from growing the cotton and adding the final touches. So when you buy American Giant, you create jobs for seamsters, cutters, and factory workers in towns and cities across the United States. And it's about more than an income. Jobs bring pride. Purpose. They stitch people together. If all that sounds good to you, visit American-Giant.com and get 20% off your first order when you use code STAPLE20 at checkout. That's 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com with promo code STAPLE20. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Ladies and gentlemen, on behalf of the California Angels and the City of Los Angeles, on the occasion of Her Majesty's Royal Visit, Please welcome internationally renowned opera star Enrico Palazzo. Yes, he's in the intensive care ward at Our Lady of the Worthless Miracle. Give me two. I don't have a soundboard today, so you're just going to have to hear me say it. This is the Palazzo Podcast. It's a Prospects Power Half Hour. We're continuing forth on our series, which we've done quite a few of, all available in our back catalog on YouTube and your preferred podcast platform, where we cover two different teams from the same divisions in terms of region, but not in literal same divisions. One from the National League, one from the American League. And today we're doing the Pirates and the Guardian, see, one from the NL Central, one from the AL Central. And Ben has continued to reach out and connect with so many wonderful people who know a lot about prospects in Dynasty Baseball. And this is just another in a long line of experts. It's Shelly V. Shelly Verstrade is joining us live. She is first rate, Shelly. She's the best of the biz when it comes to Dynasty. She's got a lot of respect and clout. What's it like having the clout you do? I don't have any clout. What are you talking about? <laughs> I don't I don't I don't know so I don't know what it feels like to have clout. Yeah, I don't either if that means anything. Uh I've heard it's cool though. Maybe one day. Yeah. May, uh, maybe one day. But you do know a thing or two about Dynasty baseball. Just a little bit, just a little bit. Always modest. Do you remember that time we met in the elevator? That was the first time I met you in real life. So. Yes. Yes, I do. Yeah. How was that hike that day? Was it a good hike? It was. Yes. It, it's Outside of the, all the baseball talk, going out to Arizona to hike for like two to two, two and a half hours by myself or with my husband if I bring him along um, is really, really nice, really calming, soothing, delightful. I agree. I've not done that. Uh, ben, Arizona hiking. Is that something you're familiar I with? I am not. My, my grandparents just moved back from Arizona. They had a winter home down there for years. 
and uh, moved back. They're kind of in the twilight years of their lives. Uh, decided that they want to live out their last few years in their own home here in South Dakota, and so sold their place down there. But they, the one thing that my grandma has told me she misses is the golf down in Arizona. She says it is a definite thing she misses is golfing down in Arizona. So, you big golfer, Shelley? No, I, I, I play a little bit of putt putt. That's about it. <laughs> yeah. That I I retired from the game of golf in 2011. I was very upset with it. It really brought out the worst in me, and I stepped away. And I have not returned in almost 12 years now. It's uh, cheaper for me. I don't have to pay money to go outside. That's nice. And I don't have to rage out because I can't hit, you know, a six iron 150 yards. I, or hit it straight. I'm just not very good at that stuff, so... That's why golf sucks. Anthony series says MJ Govier clap. Thank you. I'm late. Yay. Anthony's always late. Of course you are, buddy. That's why we love you. We're going to start with the Pirates first year on today's episode of the Prospects Power Half Hour. We want to focus on our top three, and then we'll go into the next big three. That's uh, usually how we run this operation. So we defer to the guests. Shelly, you're up first. We talk Pittsburgh Pirates. As you see today on February 24th, a Friday, who are the top mm-hmm. three prospects in Pittsburgh? Um, in my opinion, I think that the top three uh, prospects in Pittsburgh um, are Indy Rodriguez, um, a catcher. We'll probably see him this year. Uh, Tamar Johnson, their you know their first round pick from last summer, um, and then Luis Ortiz. If you still count him as a prospect, that's the best part about doing this show. Whatever you decide, it's your list. So. <laughs> What's the point? Is it an innings point where you'd be like, okay, to me, he's a big leaguer because he's had a certain amount of innings? Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, some technically he still is a prospect, but then some people is just like, I just want people who haven't played in the major leagues yet out their prospects. So I didn't know how y'all kind of did it, but I'm just like, he's a prospect to me, so I'm going to put him on my list because I think he's got some really nasty stuff. Yeah, hey, I love uh, Ortiz big time. Ben? You have a threesome that matches hers, or is there any variation with your top uh, we got two of the same three. Uh, Endy and Termar are my top two. I think that's kind of – you're going to find that pretty much universal across, I think, most everybody's list in this system. Um, and even though he struggled a bit, I still have Henry Davis as their number three. Um, and just because, I mean, the raw talent, you just kind of right now still have to put it there, but – you know, the number one overall pick, and uh, he's still got the raw ability. He's just got to eventually show it for a full season. You see it in spits and verts and whatever you want to call it, but it just, it's never come through even for multiple weeks in a row. You might even see it for one series, which anymore in the minors, that's a whole week. But uh, you might see it for one week out of him, but that's it. And then it's like the next week, he forgets to do everything that he just did. I don't know why, but um, it's there. And, you know, Louisville catchers have a history of doing quite well. I mean, it's just that they seem to do that when they go to the Dodgers. I don't know why, but uh, they, they don't seem to do that for the Pirates, I guess. So, Yeah. Yeah. Will Smith, he's pretty good. All right. That's the three for each of you. Shelley, now that you've revealed the first three, who are the next big three in the Pittsburgh Pirates organization today? Um, I'm going to go a little bit off the board with these. Uh, the first two. 
Um, I'm gonna go with Bubba Chandler. Uh, I just like really like what what I saw for him. Maybe this is a tad bit high, but I don't know. I I just really like him. And then Quinn Priester, um, I liked what he showed this year. Um, he didn't do so well um, in the Arizona Fogley, but he's still young, and I still think that he's going to be a you know reliable you know two three number four type pitcher. Um, and then I had Henry Davis as my sixth. Um, just everything that. Um, that I've seen this year from him and then the previous year. I just, I, I, I need to see it. Just like Ben said, I need to see it more than just a little bit here and there. He needs to move off the plate some and stop getting hit so he can have those repetitive reps. He just keeps missing time and then doing something crazy and doing all this stuff. So I just have him just down just a little bit further until he actually shows me why he was that first round pick. Okay, well, I like that you're coming up with your own ideas, first off. Me and Ben talk a lot about the groupthink and the the pipelines that all become so standardized across so many lists. There's a little bit of variation, but throwing Bubba Chandler in your next big three is what this show is all about. Give us something different. Give us a fresh take, not just to be contrarian, but because you believe in what you saw from Bubba. And it was just, you saw the tremendous growth from him, or is there other things that... That, are, that put him above other players in the list where you say Bubba Chandler's a guy I got to keep here in the top six because of a ceiling or what is it for you? Um, yeah, it was just really just like the growth that he showed this year. Um, and while I maybe I am just like a tad bit high, maybe I shouldn't have had him this high. Maybe I just liked him and I just he overperformed in what I thought that he was going to do this year. So that's just like, oh, I, I just I just have to, you know, say go Bubba go. So uh, yeah, that's how, <laughs> that's kind of how I feel about him. All right, Benny. So yeah, disagreements? no, I, and in fact, I got Priester and Chandler both in my next three. And I guess, you know, Chandler's one of those guys that he's a two way guy and it's really fun yeah. to watch him hit. I don't know if he's a legit long-term hitter. If he is, it's a, he's a, probably a dh because it his defense is kind of ugly um and frankly yeah. offensively he's a sea ball hit ball type of a hitter um <clears throat> but when he hits the ball it's it goes far it's really fun to watch him when he connects because he has raw power that is really really impressive um but my third guy i met i put on here is anthony solamento uh and he's a lefty and I really dislike the fact that BA came out with their top 30s here recently because their little uh, summary thing brought out a a comparison that I was going to mention here, and then we ended up not doing last week's show. They came out with their top 30s this week, and it's a comparison that I wanted to bet, bring up, and it's in their stinking write-up. But Madison Baumgartner is the name. When I watch him pitch, Salamato looks I mean, just because, you know, I brought this up on the show. When you get to that 6'5", six, 6'6", six, six, taller, and especially guys who are that height and have a lot of arm and leg, there's a point of if you can time it all together and you have arms and legs, it can really throw a hitter off. And he is a guy who does that. He doesn't have, holy crap, 98. He doesn't have a slider that just blows you away. But he has these arms and legs all over the place and he has them all synced. 
and he repeats it every single time. And uh, one of the things I was listening to an interview with, uh, actually with Quinn Priester, about who's the smartest guy you've worked with. And he said, in camp, uh, and he mentioned Anthony Silvetto. He says, this kid, if you taught him a slider grip, tomorrow he's going to be throwing the best version of that slider in camp. And it's just like, whoa, well, that, you know, that's, you know, that, that stuck with me. Like that, that's something to pick up on when one of your teammates makes a comment like that. That's something to make a comment, you know, kind of register in the back of your mind. Cause yeah. I've already been really impressed just watching the short little bursts that you can get online watching this kid. And like I said, you know, six, five, and he, he's, I really, really liked him coming out of high school. I just, I think that there's a lot there. Mm -hmm. It's a matter of the thing that scares me is we're talking about one, two, three pitchers. And, you know, for me, in their next big three in an organization that has really struggled to develop high school pitching. And that is one of the big things is, gosh darn it, can the Pirates please develop a high school pitcher and get him to the majors and have him succeed because that's what makes it really hard to believe in some of these guys. But otherwise, boy, talent wise, and you watch him, he's just, he's got the stuff that he could be a very successful mid rotation type of guy from the left side. Okay. So your next three, repeat that for me, Ben, the the next three were just to encapsulate that. Uh, Bubba Chandler, Quinn Priester, Bubba Chandler, and then Anthony Solometto. Okay, that's what I thought. I wanted to show this real quick because we know uh, Eric does work over at Fangraphs. He doesn't have all his up-to-date team list yet either, but he did do the Pirates, so this is new. And this is how he sees the top of the Pirates organization. He does have Solometto down at 20. He's on the list and has Bubba Chandler at number 8. So just for comparison, we'd like to share and look at what other people think as well. Um, any thoughts on this when you look at this list real quick? Shelly, no disagreements, uh, I would think, or maybe you would be like, ah, I don't think so. Um, I think, I mean, who am I to critique Eric's list? Uh, <laughs> but I, I really do like um, Eric Brewer's there at seven. Um, he had a really, really good season. Um, and, you know, we could see him this year, but, I mean, with the Pirates signing, like, so many veterans, we might not see him. But uh, that's a that's a pretty good, you know, hat tip to his season, putting him at number yep. seven. Yeah! Jimmy loves Shelly V. Shout out to Shelly. And I, I love Piguero, but I have a feeling he's going to end up like a former organizational mate of his, uh, Gerardo, oh my gosh. I just tripped. Yes, Andado I just tripped Cardona. all over his name. But yeah. <laughs> where the the offensive stuff looked really good in the minors, but his defense was so good, he moved so fast that he's going to end up in the majors before the offense has had a chance to really develop enough. At, because Piguero is defensively is there. He's he's an in, a middle infielder defensively right now in the major leagues but he definitely needs some more cooking in the minor leagues to get the bat there. And yep. yeah, he needs some time. And I don't know that the pirates can afford that. Frankly, they kind of need anybody who can catch a ball to be up in the major leagues to make sure that their pitching has all the defense behind it that they can afford. 
and so <laughs> oh well hey that does happen that's part of the game too i hear defense yeah, it does it does that's right it depends on which team you're talking about whether yeah. what they think about but that. cheap defense for the pirates does yeah. matter you know so that's that's another thing <laughs> that is true <laughs> <laughs> Now, speaking of cooking, you guys know Shelly loves to bake. She's an excellent baker from what I hear. I've never tried your products, but I've heard good things. Yes, yes. I, uh, I, I, that's one of my favorite things to do, baking. Yeah. See? Dogs, baking, baseball, good times. I like all those things. That's, I could have a great day if I got to eat some delicious pastries, throw the ball around with the dog, and watch some ball, uh, baseball, ball, ball, ball. I would enjoy that. That'd be, be a good fun day. For me. Yeah. That's a good day. It is a good day. It's a good day because I didn't have to eat out of a dumpster as well. I often say that. If you don't have to eat out of a dumpster, it is a good day, folks. Remember that. All right. Uh, not that I have. Uh, I've come close, but not quite. And if you have to, hey, you got to do what you got to do. I get it. No judgment. All right. Let's dive into the Guardians next. The Cleveland Guardians are now the team of record in Cleveland. The name of the past is gone, along with the mascot, the racist mascot that no longer exists. So this is progress. Although I don't love the guardian's name it's kind of blah but i mean i'll take the change for now and we'll see if uh, they can approve upon the logos and the fun with the the different varieties you can have with alternate stuff alternate uniforms there's a lot they could play with so i'm not really worried about that but let's get to the top three let's set it up jelly once again with the cleveland guardians how do you see the top three prospects uh, a lot of injuries have come up especially you know one benefit for not doing the show is that we got to be aware of the injuries that have happened. Ben got screwed, but I know Ben's not a liar, so I'm sure he didn't make up the Madison Van Gunner thing. We all believe that Ben believed what he believed before this show aired, before Baseball America published their rankings. So injuries aside or injuries be damned, give us your top three. Yeah, this this uh, my list did change uh, because of the injuries that we learned about this week. Um, so my first um, prospect is Bo Naylor. Um, number two is my favorite, Tanner Bibby. Um, and then number three is Gavin Williams. Hmm. Ben, agreed or disagreed? You know, the list I sent <laughs> is probably not the list I want to go with anymore. <laughs> um, but I will say that I'm going to still stick with uh, Gavin Williams and Daniel Espino as number one, number, number two. And then I'd have Bo Naylor as that number three guy. Um, just having to bump down. Uh, initially, I had sent uh, in our pre-show discussion, Chase DeLotter. But with that injury, that's going to likely take him out this year. Uh, for a guy who only, who had a, roughly a season's worth of time in college. So, I mean, yeah, he's coming out of college. He's a college draft pick, but he only played about one season's worth of time in college. So you're talking about a guy who's basically like a Juco pick. And it was oh. at a very, like, basically at a small school. So not against the best of competition. So it's one of those things where, yeah, it's really a tough, tough call to keep him in that top three now, but Boy, Gavin Williams, I got to say, talk about a type. I mean, a guy who <laughs> spent three years in the bullpen, moves into the rotation, and then for one year at East Carolina, and then 
you know, there a lot of folks thought, well, okay, he's maybe a starter prospect, more than likely a bullpen guy. We're thinking about him in the second round, probably more of a 2B, like the compensatory second round pick. And the Guardians pop him in the first round. What's he do? He goes out and he's, you know, one of the top 10 pitchers in all of baseball in minor leagues and very arguably a top 10 all around minor pitcher and minor or pitching prospect in baseball at this point. Holy cow. <laughs> like this is what this system does to pitchers. It is just remarkable. Yeah. So. Yeah. It's kind of, kind of sort of like what they did oh, yeah. with Bibby, right? Because like when he was coming out of school, he was like, low 90s like a control guy and now he's throwing 95 96 and he still has that control it's unbelievable what cleveland can do with pitching it's just it's awesome did you know that we sold out and we now have advertisements yeah we've gone mainstream we're getting six dollars that's right we've made six bucks so far can you believe it what a dream come true six dollars anyways i wanted to give you some preparation some time to be cognizant that a commercial is coming your way i'm not just gonna throw a commercial mid sentence on you i wouldn't do that i respect you and i know that's annoying so here's a countdown for the upcoming advertisement from starbucks or spectrum comcast apple who the hell knows three a two one your pitcher you want to go there that's where you want to be for sure i mean that's where i'd want yeah. to go all right how do you fill it out then shelly finish out the top three the next big three for the cleveland guardians as of 2023 uh so for the next three i went with uh daniel espino uh george valera and then brian rocchio and two of those guys are already hurt uh, espino and valera are <laughs> just like it's crazy, like, how bad, like, Cleveland, like, a lot of their prospects got hurt this winter. Um, but Espino, if he could stay healthy, he is, like, absolute ace upside. It's just he's coming back from a shoulder thing, and he hurt his – he's tore his shoulder, like, a, some ligaments or something in there. Mm. Um, again, so it's just, like, I don't I'm, – I'm afraid that, you know – if he can come back, it might just have to be out of the bullpen because it just doesn't seem like it's going to work, which really stinks because, you know, just watching him, he just dominates, like, every time he's on the mound. Um, and then – go ahead. No, I was just going to say that Valera seems like he's been around for a million years to me, but he's still only 22 yeah. years old. So. Yeah, it, it's crazy. Um, I, I mean, I thought that he had a chance to maybe come up like earlier this year, um, but with his injury, he's probably going to be maybe not until August, September, something like that. So here's something for you, Shelly. I went back. I was doing nothing. Just wanted to just curiosity. This last year, like three guys in all of minor league baseball struck out forty percent of guys. So I was like, oh, well, I, I'm curious. What's highest strikeout rate over the last two years? And it turned out just like one qualified pitcher so had still struck out 40 percent. oh okay so i went back and if you go back four years so that brings in 2019 and just that ends up being the last full season that daniel espino had and you bring in all of that time 
Daniel Espino is the only guy who has above a 37% strikeout rate, and he is over 40. So, I mean, just to show how dominant so he, is, he was when he was on the mound and healthy, he is at over a 40% strikeout rate, and nobody yeah. else is above a 37% rate as a qualified pitcher over the last four years, and he has been that dominant when he has been on the mound and healthy. So... Wow. Do you do you think that he is still going to be able to make it as a starter I, or I don't you know what I I guess what I have envisioned a little bit is maybe he can go the route of of a Spencer Strider and focus on a two pitch and I don't know if that would do any less any less stress on his arm um, just because that's, I mean, it's still, it's hard on the arm to throw any two pitches as hard as he does. Um, yeah. But yeah, for sure, if he can do, you know, just focus on two and that could be very good for him, but they've got to be elite. And I mean, granted his fastball slider is pretty darn elite. Heck but yeah. <laughs> is it at the same level of elite as what Strider is? I mean, Strider throws that stinking fastball like two thirds of the time and still nobody hits it. So, you know, I don't know. Can, can you even, that's, that's such a rarity of a guy that can do that. You know, guys like Randy Johnson could yeah. do two pitches Spencer Strider can do two pitches. Yes, certain guys can start with two pitches, but it's such a rarity thing. I almost think he's probably best suited to move into a multi-inning role. And there's a lot of money to be made as a multi-inning guy with that kind of stuff. So, yeah. 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 So. Uh, Shelly, we had a question here from Anthony. Uh, do you think Rocky will be up this year? Uh, with Cleveland, I have no idea because their type, other than just making pitchers like 10 times better than when they first uh, draft them, is they really like young up the middle players. And there is just a mm-hmm. boatload of players that I, while I think that he probably could stick it, you know, in the majors, I just don't know if Cleveland's really going to really going to do that because they have so many other guys ahead of them um and i just think that they're going to try to weed through that before they bring I mean, up Rokia. they're already moving guys like tyler freeman um i mean they're they're moving other good shortstop second baseman types to other positions to give them run yeah. just to get them on the field it tells you a lot about the glut of middle infielders they have so and Frankly, Andres Jimenez and and uh, uh, why am I blanking on his name? Ahmed. Be- there we go. Ahmed Rosario. Like the other former Met. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> neither one of them is old. I mean, Jimenez is is likely yeah. going to hit the free agent market soon. If I'm or is it Rosario? One of the two of them is a free agent next year, and I'm. Yeah, Rosario is closer to free agency. Yeah. Regardless, yeah. you're 
likely want to run with those guys this year, unless you get one amazing trade package. And I can't imagine either one of them has done enough in the majors yet to warrant that kind of a trade package. So you're probably holding on to them through the season unless they just go bonkers in the first half, your team doesn't, and you get some kind of amazing trade package mid-season. Then you might see some of those middle infielders come up. But I I just don't see that in Cleveland, and especially in the Central. I mean, they're going to have a chance to compete in the Central no matter how bad they play pretty much. So it's just where it is. So. That's true. But, no, I... I... Poor AL Central. Uh, This is Eric again, uh, Fangraphs, and what Cleveland thinks, uh, or what he thinks of Cleveland in their system. This is his top 30, also updated for 2023. And uh, Chase DeLauder's been bumped down to nine, of course, with the injury. And ETA, by the way, like you guys were talking about, him being a junior college player almost essentially, 2027, according to Eric. So, this is... Pretty much along the lines of Logan Allen hits number four. Did either Shelly, Logan Allen, uh, Logan T. Allen, Logan W. Allen? Uh, I can't remember. There's a lot of Logan Allens. So. Yeah, I mean, I think I think he's okay, but I don't know. Give me the, the wipeout stuff of Bibby and Williams over him. Yeah. Ah, so that would be, according to this question here, in the next five years, do we see Gavin Williams being an ace? Shelly, do you think that's absolutely real? Do you think it's even closer than five years? Uh, I mean, I think there's a possibility. Um, and I mean, again, he is just, he's just like really good. So yeah, probably. I mean, it's Cleveland, mm-hmm. it's pitching. He's got really nasty stuff. Probably. I mean, that's, yeah. And see, I have my next three, when I had to adjust this, I had Bibby. And then I threw in another guy who has a very similar profile to what Bibby came in with that they drafted this year, and that's Justin mm-hmm. Campbell coming out of Oklahoma State. A lot of a lot of very flat, you know, not nothing plus, but nothing below average. You know, a lot of 50-55s across his pitch mix. But that's the type of guy that Cleveland's going to take and turn into just a stud. And, um, yep. and then, of course, the last guy, and I, I think Chad's about ready to burst wanting everyone to talk about him, and that's actually the last guy I had on my next three, and that's Jason Shurio. Um, and hype-wise, uh, a lot of people have jumped on Shurio just because his brother went nuts this year. Um, but he is not Jackson. He is, in fact, very little like his brother physically. Uh, it's a lot like people who expected, you know, Luis and Acuna to be just like Ronald. They're very different physically. Um, Jason is a guy who's likely going to profile in right field if he's on the field. But he is all, he's 6'2", and he's already filled out a lot. And, but he has tremendous plate discipline and he can crush the crap out of a baseball. Um, He's very likely going to be an Adam Dunn type of a profile. He's going to hit the crap out of a baseball. He's going to walk a ton. There's some question how well he handles. Right now he spits on a lot of breaking stuff, but it was DSL breaking stuff. So let's see how he handles that once he gets to full season ball. Um, But he has a whole lot of raw power. 
but he's nowhere near the athlete that his brother is. His brother is a legit center field type of athlete and a 20 plus steel type of guy. That's not who Jason is, but he's a legit power guy. And Cleveland has been trying to produce a guy like that for a long time. Look at their lineup right now. I mean, they would love somebody to hit 20 home runs. That's (laughs) not Jose Ramirez. I mean, that's just, they can't get it. (laughs) You know, they need somebody around him in the lineup and they just can't do it. So that's, they would love that to happen in their development system. So if he can be that guy, then I'm sure they would fast light him just like, you know, they would fast track him just the same way the Brewers did with his brother. But it's just a matter of he's got to be able to show the same plate discipline he did at the lower level last year. So, Well, Shelley, uh, if you had to choose between Cleveland and Pittsburgh, which system is deeper, more talented overall? Is it really a no-brainer, or is it more complicated or a little less clear than we see? Um, I think it's Cleveland easily. Um, I mean, just just the amount of up-the-middle talent that Cleveland has, plus the upper-tier pitching, um, I just think that their system is better than Pittsburgh's. And you trust Cleveland to get that I pitching. I figured that was the answer. I still got to ask it. You trust? Yeah. yeah, you trust Cleveland more? Yeah. 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 That's, yeah, that's fair. I mean, your reputation is earned on the results, and it's about results. And it's, I mean, Pittsburgh is still coming out of the, the disaster era that we've had so much. I mean, remember last year on Twitter, we had the whole blow up from one of the former, I can't remember which prospect it was. He was a former prospect Newman. in the Pittsburgh system. He Kevin talked about Newman. how. That's right. Yes. Yeah. Was it Kevin yeah. Newman? Yeah. Oh, wow. I think that's who it was. It was. Well, there's another guy too. There was a couple. There was a couple episodes there talking about the previous regime in Pittsburgh and how they just gave up on people, didn't provide them the support they needed. It was a real disaster, right, Shelley? So until they prove otherwise, it's not going to change. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, hey. That's what we call the Palazzo Podcast yeah. Prospects Power Half Hour. It's always nice when we keep things a little more timely. Uh, sometimes we fail, but sometimes we nail it. And I want to thank everybody who killed it in the live chat here. A lot of positive interaction. Chad said, Cleveland absolutely cleaned house in the international markets the last several years. And that is just not the Pirates game. Anthony says, yeah. I think Drew Jones and Eddie Rodriguez is talent Cleveland doesn't have, but the pitching is so good that the Pirates don't have that. So. There you go. People have spoken. Oh, uh, Sound Money on Twitch also said, could uh, Churio, Baby Churio, be the next Delman Young? Oh, 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 oh. man. (laughs) Dimitri over here is like, what the? (laughs) Like, why why are you you ripping on him? Like, you know, like he's supposed to be my baby bro again? (laughs) You know, what's talked about Delman Young, though, is that he had that late life suddenly where he was a legit major leaguer for a couple seasons with the tigers he showed some life and then he went to the orioles and then he screwed my tigers in the playoffs in the 2014 wild card or the alds it was i was surprised i'm like i can't believe all the people that burned us here it was delman <laughs> you young. know delman young is what but built the race so. and of course you know it, yeah. that 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 trade that's true that, yeah this is the house the, that delman the trade built. that uh with the <laughs> twins that they made to get delman they traded away matt garza and jason bartlett 
And those were like two big pieces that ended up being part wow. of the Rays team that ended up getting to the playoffs. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. The 08 World Series team. So, and then Delman still yeah. is down in Australia. Uh, you know, I bet you, you know. Everyone. Oh, he does. Good for you, Delman Young. If you're out there, we wish you the best, buddy. Yeah, that was just the kind of the the coup de gras, the closing of the chapter of the Tigers period from 06 to 14. But the year before was clearly much more painful when Tory Hunter fell over the wall and the Grand Slam that was hit by David Ortiz against Joaquin Benoit. I think Shelly knows something about that. So. Just a little something, yeah. I might have a bobblehead of that, so yeah. God, that was their best chance. Edible Sanchez was dominating the Red Sox in that game. Oh, he was so good. Oh, gosh, so sad, so close. At least you want to, you know, I just want a World Series before I die. That's all I want, so keep dreaming. All right, well, we thank Shelly for being here. Shelly Verestrate, you follow her on Twitter at V underscore 643. She is first rate. Of course, Big Gentle Ben on Twitter, MJ Govier. Palazzo Podcast, two L's, two Z's, no sounders today. Just a natural show with natural people. Uh, Shelly, baseball season is about to kick into high gear. Do you want to tell anybody about anything? Are you going to be on Potapalooza this weekend? Uh, no, I'm actually going to be on the Baseball America Fantasy Summit on Saturday. Oh, wow! Yeah, so yeah, nice. so I couldn't I couldn't commit to to Justin because I'm like I because he when he was asking I'm like I don't know what I'm supposed to be on on Saturday so I couldn't commit so but I will oh, be watching when I'm not yeah yeah you'll keep an eye on things for us right you'll let us know yeah. if we suck. Uh, yes, yes, I will. <laughs> okay, good. Well, yeah, that's right. Well, it's that's kind of a bummer that the Fantasy Summit and Potapalooza happened on the same weekend. I mean, we got these events that are yeah. rare. That's, well, it's unfortunate. What can you do? But I'm glad that you're going to be a part of it. I'll definitely check out that. I'm, I wanted to see what it was all about because Baseball America was trying to up their game from a fantasy perspective. I think that's cool. And mm-hmm. uh, I will be on a Potapalooza panel, uh, 7 p.m. Saturday night with... Baseball pods, Chris, uh, Dave McDonald from Rotosaurus, and Justin, of course. We're going to talk about what makes a podcast entertaining or what's the future of baseball podcasting. I I don't know. I'm sure there'll be an agenda, and then we'll all talk about all kinds of random stuff for a half hour. But either way, (laughs) check out Potapalooza this weekend. It's a fundraiser for a baseball charity that Justin has selected, and they'll be giving away prizes and all that stuff. And definitely check out the Baseball America Fantasy Summit this weekend with Shelly and uh, Rob DiPietro and a bunch of other luminaries. Jeff Ponce, who was on here recently, is at Baseball America. Go check it out. Should be a good time. And I think that's it. Shelly, thank you for being here. Thanks for having me. It was great talking with you guys. Ben, enjoy the snow that you're digging out of still. Unbelievable. The (laughs) pictures he has in our Palazzo Discord, they're incredible. I mean, you see pictures sometimes on news. You'll see... B-roll of crazy snow. Like he lives in that world. It really is that crazy. It's mountains of snow. It's amazing. It's all his children. But uh, we wish you all the best. Yeah. So everybody, uh, be well. Have a great weekend, and we wish you all a wonderful baseball. For a prospect, you trade all the